famine gripped the German states of Thuringia and Hesse in the summer of 1226. The famished poor wandered in the fields and forests, searching for wild nuts and berries, clawing at the earth for roots, stripping the bark from trees, and devouring every kind of dead animal encountered in their desperate search for food. Many starved to death, covering the roads with corpses. The ruler of the region, Duke Louis, and most of the fighting men were away on a military campaign in Italy. When desperate crowds hiked the steep road to Wartburg Castle and clamoured at the gates for food, 19-year-old Duchess Elizabeth, wife of Louis, and daughter of the King of Hungary, heard their pleas. The beautiful olive-skinned Duchess threw her energies by day and by night into relieving the suffering of her people. The Duke's advisers, fearing an uprising, cautioned the Duchess to keep a tight rein on finances and a strong guard at the royal granaries. Instead, Elizabeth emptied the royal treasury, giving the money to the poor and depleted the granaries to feed the hungry. She instructed the castle's kitchen staff to bake bread and cook soup from sunrise to sundown, and she even served the people with her own hands. Coordinating her efforts with the monks, nuns and priests, she organised food distribution across the land with money gained from the sale of most of her jewels and other property. Stop it, the advisers warned. You'll bankrupt the royal house. But Elizabeth pressed on, grateful for God's call to help the needy. O Lord, she prayed, how can I sufficiently thank you for having given me the opportunity to serve these poor ones, who are your dearest friends? She fed 900 people who came to the castle each day. To those too weak or ill to ascend the mountain to the castle, she carried food herself. Elizabeth began a hospital and two houses for the poor in Eisenach, the town nested below the massive grey-stoned castle. Laying aside her royal robes, she twice daily donned a peasant's cloak and walked down to Eisenach to make beds and comfort the sick. She gave new clothes and shoes to able-bodied men and women and set them to work in the fields, preparing the ground and planting seeds in the hopes of raising a small crop by harvest time. When her money failed, she gave the poor her veils, silk scarves and other articles of clothing, saying, Sell these to satisfy your wants and work as your strength allows for the Bible says he who does not work does not eat. When word of the famine reached Duke Louis in Italy, he hastily returned home. As he drew near to Wartburg, his officials went out to meet him. They denounced Elizabeth's reckless spending and the emptying of the granaries. We warned her, they protested, but she wouldn't listen. The Duke stopped their complaining and said, Let my good little Elizabeth give to the poor as much as she pleases. So long as she leaves me Wartburg and Naumburg, arms will never ruin us. When Louis arrived home, Elizabeth threw herself in his arms and showered him with a thousand kisses. As he held her in his arms, he asked, Dear sister, what has become of your poor people during this terrible year? With a gentle voice and broad smile, she answered, I gave God what was his, and God has kept for us what was yours and mine. In her youth, Elizabeth's father told her about Francis of Assisi. His decision to honour Christ by turning away from riches and loving the poor inspired her to follow in his steps. She often met the lepers kissing them, easing their pain and praying for them. She bathed them, cutting up castle curtains and linens for towels to dry them. Oh, how happy we are, she told a fellow worker, to be able by this work to cleanse and clothe our Lord. Once, when her husband was away, she discovered a poor leper whose body was so diseased that no one would help him. She took him into the castle, bathed him, rubbed medicine on his sores, and laid him in her own bed, much to the consternation of her mother-in-law and the royal officials. 
When the duke returned, his mother ran to him and said, Come with me, dear son, and I will show you what your Elizabeth does. You will see one she loves much better than you. Taking Louis by the hand, she led him to his bedchamber, saying, See, your wife puts lepers in your bed, and I can't stop her. You can see for yourself that she wants to give you leprosy. Louis did not rebuke his wife, but praised her for her loving kindness, and built at her request a home for lepers on the castle road. When affairs of state called Louis from the castle, Elizabeth wore plain dark clothes and spent her time in works of mercy, prayer and fasting. But when Louis came home, she dressed in her finest jewellery and her most colourful gowns. It is not vanity or pride that leads me to dress this way, Elizabeth told her maidens, for I would not give my husband any occasions of discontent or sin by having anything in me to displease him. God blessed Louis and Elizabeth with four children. A few days after her first child, Herman, was born, she wrapped herself in a grey robe, took her newborn son in her arms, and slipped secretly out of the castle. She walked barefoot to the town church and lay the baby on the altar, saying, My God and my Lord, with all my heart I give my child to you, as you have given him to me. Please receive this child, all bathed in my tears, into the number of your servants and friends, and bless him. In autumn of 1227, Louis packed his armour and sailed off for a crusade to the Holy Land, leaving Elizabeth and the children in the care of Henry, his brother. But this trip would bring great sadness. Not long after he left, Louis caught a fever from which he finally died. In the meantime, court officials who despised Elizabeth's religious zeal and her use of the royal treasury to help the poor turned Henry against her. To strengthen his own claims to the throne, Henry ordered the expulsion of Elizabeth and her children from Wartburg Castle and from all royal lands. A court official declared to her, You ruined the country, wasted the treasury, and dishonoured your husband. By order of Duke Henry, you must leave the castle immediately. Astonished by the sudden cruel demand, Elizabeth asked if she might have some time to prepare her departure. No, he answered firmly. Leave this place at once. It was a late winter afternoon, and a bitterly cold wind wiped across the mountainside when guards pushed Elizabeth and her children and two companions outside the castle walls, slamming the great metal gates behind them. She carried her baby daughter in her arms, and the other children wept as they trod the narrow path to Eisenach. By the light of the moon she walked the streets seeking shelter, but Duke Henry forbade the seasons to help Elizabeth in any way, and the cowardly people of Eisenach obeyed him. After her years of selfless devotion to them, no one opened his home to her. They have taken from me all that I had, she said, weeping. Now I can only pray to God. Finally, an innkeeper let her rest the night in a backyard shack where he kept his pigs. At midnight, her children fast asleep. Elizabeth heard the bell ringing for matins at the Franciscan convent, which she and Louis had founded. She arose and worshipped with the brown-robed friars. She asked them to sing a hymn of thanks to God for the tribulations he had sent her. Then she prayed aloud, O Lord, may your will be done. My children are born of royal race, and behold them hungry and without a bed to lie on. Yesterday I was a duchess in strong castles and rich domains. Today I am a beggar and no one takes me in. For many nights they slept in the church. This is God's house, Elizabeth said. At least from here no one can drive me away. To feed her children, she resorted to begging and later earned her livelihood by spinning wool. In her poverty, she reserved a portion of food from every meal to share with the needy. Remembering the sufferings of Christ, she did not complain but accepted her lot with thanksgiving. Oh yes, Lord, she prayed, 
If you will be with me, I will be with you, and I wish never to be parted from you. Later, outraged knights, friends of the late duke, forced Henry to give Elizabeth part of the estate. She used these resources to build a hospital and care for the poor. Later she gave away all her money to the poor, and took a vow of poverty. She spun wool and ministered to outcasts. When her father, the King of Hungary, heard that his daughter was living in poverty, he dispatched an ambassador at once to bring her to him. When the finely dressed and jewelled ambassador found Elizabeth spinning wool in a dark hovel, he burst into tears and cried out, Did anyone ever before see a king's daughter spinning wool? He pleaded on bended knee with her to return to Hungary where she would be treated as a royal princess. I am a poor sinner, she said, who never obeyed the law of God as I ought to have done. Who has driven you to this state of misery? he asked. No one, she answered, but the infinitely rich son of my heavenly father, who has taught me by example to despise riches. Come, noble queen, he said, his arms outstretched to the frail Elizabeth. Come with me to your dear father. Come, possess your kingdom and your inheritance. I hope indeed, she replied, that I already possess my father's inheritance, that is to say the eternal mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. As the ambassador left, she arose from her spinning wheel and gently took his hand, saying, Tell my dearest father that I am more happy in my life than he is in his regal pomp, and that far from sorrowing over me, he ought to rejoice that he has a child in the service of the King of Heaven. A short time later, Elizabeth was bedridden with a high fever. For two weeks she suffered racked with pain, but she remained peaceful and prayerful. In her last words to friends she said, Let us speak of Jesus who came to redeem the world. He will redeem me also. She died on November the 19th, 1231, at the age of 24.